0: Recording with me is kind of like baptizing cats. Broadcasting live from an airstream somewhere in Tornado Alley. Bringing you the people, places, and stories from the Panhandle to the Red River. This is your Only in Oklahoma show. And welcome to the show. Today we're talking about the Watermelon Fest in Rush Springs, Oklahoma. And a little bit later... There's a white elephant in the room that nobody's talking about yet. We're we're the first on the scene, and it's coming out of Tulsa. I'm Brett. And I am Harley. So what you been up to? So we just did uh, our camping trip with the extended family, and uh, we had a good time. But there was a revisiting of a location that uh, you are not too fond of. You went to the river. We went to the Illinois. We uh, kayaked Wild down boy. the Illinois. Amber almost died. See? It can be done. She didn't almost die. She did flip over on her kayak, though. It was the very first time that she ever flipped over on her kayak. Did you force her to do the 20-mile trip? Uh, No, we did the 9-mile. Ooh. Then it was hot. I bet you spent a lot of time floating behind the kayak. It was hot, but it wasn't... It's a different kind of heat when you're on the water, isn't it? Well, the temperature dropped a little bit for us for a couple days, which Mm -hmm. was really nice, but uh, everybody with not my skin mm-hmm. got a little burnt and didn't realize they were getting burnt. You know, it's funny you say that because you know, obviously, I have two two children that they both look like me a little bit. But Carson, he can he can walk on hot pavement, no problem. He doesn't burn. He gets a nice. I mean, he's got my tent. We're you and I have a almost similar skin tones. But what are you talk about Willis Mason. He's got you got to put like a hundred and eighty. Freaking SPF on he it. Sunburned he's sunburned from a, his nightlight. He is a white, he's a glow worm. Uh, he really is. So I, I, can, I can sympathize with that. So you had a good time. We had a great time. Yeah. Amber made enchiladas. On we the pre-cooked fire. them and brought them frozen and then thawed them out on the first night to make it super easy mm-hmm. so we didn't have to, we had a really good dinner. You guys are getting almost too good at this camping thing. I I mean, I don't know what would happen if you guys had to switch gears and, I don't know, stay in a hotel. (laughs) You guys would be making like a little bonfire. Probably. Well, you know, we're talking about how hot it's been Mm -hmm. and how cool you managed to stay. There's no better way. For me, there's no better way, nothing more refreshing than a slice of watermelon. And I know you hate it when I say this, I'm gonna say it. All right, it's that time of year, man. <laughs> it's watermelon season. It is r- rapidly approaching. It is. I don't. It, I don't know if you know this. It's the. It's Oklahoma state vegetable. We'll have to. We'll have to verify that. But I'm, I need Google on this one. Well, I don't know. Well, joining us today to dispel all of the the watermelon rumors and to tell us how to spit watermelon seeds. We've got the Watermelon Queen, Miss Taylor Abbott, and the chairman of the festival for the second year in a row, Mary Hill. Welcome to the show. So Mary, the Rush Springs Watermelon Festival is put on, sponsored by the Rush Springs Lions Club, and you are appointed as the festival chairman, chairperson, is that correct? And you've been doing it for a couple of years now?
1: I have been doing it for a couple of years now.
0: Do you draw straws? Is that, is that how you become the, the chair for the the Watermelon Festival?
1: Well, actually, we just kind of, uh, you know, take turns being the chairperson, but it, it's very much a team effort. You know, we have different committees and everyone just basically lines up, takes on their committee and leads their team and... No matter what, no matter how much stress, it's always a successful day.
0: So, Mary, with that being said, can you kind of go through a day in the life, especially as you get closer? I'm am assuming it's well it's probably a year round thing. Preparing for the next for the next one, it seems like you'd probably be starting preparing for next year as soon as this one ends. What, what's a day in the life of the of the chairman for Watermelon Fest look like?
1: Absolutely. It does start pretty much just immediately at once one festival ends, kind of clean up and then preparation begins again. We have um, anywhere from 100 to 125 arts and crafts vendors that we have basically just in our arts and crafts row. And those folks, you know, basically a lot of them will just go ahead and they'll sign back up from year to year. Some of them will leave, of course, but those folks call uh, year-round wanting to spot at the Watermelon Festival. And then, you know, we just there are so many things that we have to reserve and that we have to have on hand that, that we don't have, you know, availability just in our small town of Rush Springs, that we just have to make sure that we have everybody on the calendar and, you know, for the second Saturday in August from year to year, you know, we have a town of 1,500 that becomes flooded with, you know, anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand people from the begin, very beginning of our day, which is you know typically five five thirty, and then we have a five k and a ten k that kicks off. Uh, we have entertainment all day long the day of the watermelon festival, and this live entertainment, and it's good entertainment.
0: Yeah, I've heard nothing but good and, things about it.
1: Uh, yes, and then but we also have as part of the watermelon festival, we have a carnival. That is actually owned by a local individual, uh, Great Plains Amusements, and which you know that's just really neat as far as we're concerned. That just a local guy, you know, is runs our carnival.
0: Yeah, normally and, that's done from out of state.
1: Yeah, but Joe is right here in Rush Springs, and then we have, of course, you know, the watermelon feed and uh, everything that's that goes on just with the watermelons. You know, in that process, I mean, that's a planning process for our farmers you know that starts obviously months and months in advance to get those watermelons in the ground the seeds in the ground you know get them harvested that's not something that just happens overnight and, and uh, then
0: those uh, are all local watermelons right
1: yes about, uh-huh.
0: uh, approximately how many watermelons are we talking about here
1: 50,000 pounds god <laughs>
0: that's
1: <laughs> 50, a lot
0: of salt cuz i like to put salt on my watermelon
1: that's a lot of salt <laughs>
0: that
1: is. and and one thing that we also do with watermelon festival is we have some food booths that are outside of just the carnival vendors and the arts and crafts vendors, but they are ran by nonprofit school organizations. Oh, God, that's great. So that gives our school organizations an opportunity to kind of do a one-time, fund you know, big fundraiser so they don't have to do that, you know, all year long. Um, and it it's, it's definitely a success because they get to keep all the profits. They don't compete with each other. We don't allow, you know, more than one one food item, and that way everybody has a successful day.
0: Well, you so. know, you, when you talk about school fundraisers, a lot of those school fundraisers that you know our kids bring home, the, you know, the cookie doughs and the candy bars, they get a very, very small portion of those proceeds, and that's why I like what you all are doing. Is again, it's local; it goes right back, it goes right back into the coffers. It doesn't it doesn't Absolutely. it doesn't head to the east coast or the wet or whatever the next stop on the on the tour is i i love that
1: that's right i mean we have ffa we have cheerleading we have student council you know different classes um even you know just some of our local youth group organizations you know they will jump in and they will do something um our elementary teachers i mean you know that is again that is just everything is local so it does it goes it stays in our community and it it also helps our community too. Like I said, it's yeah, it's a huge fundraiser, but it does kind of keep our kids from having to do so many fundraisers throughout the year,
2: because mm-hmm.
1: we all know we get tired of.
0: Finding- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's only so many rolls of wrapping paper that you can buy in right? any given year. I agree yeah. with that. I get every time, Every time I come out of Walmart, there's some kid selling something. And I either have, if I don't have cash, I walk really fast, or try to get into a herd of people, just so I can not feel guilty about not not putting it, <laughs> putting a couple bucks in. And sometimes I just get, I'll just give them the money if I don't need the candy.
1: So we also have a car show, antique cars, tractors, motorcycles.
0: And is that at the park or is that downtown? Where, where's that part at? It's
1: at the park It is at the park, and um, the free watermelon feed is at four o'clock.
0: <laughs> I'm listening. Okay. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> we uh, there we, we feed watermelon all the day long, but they're sold by the kind of by the slice up until four o'clock, and then they're free. We do honor some pioneers every year, which is typically you know individuals that have invested a great amount of time, energy, money, commitment to our community. We do that each year as okay. part of a Lions Club award.
0: Mary, as far as other activities that are happening around the the festival itself, I saw somewhere that you guys are doing a rodeo. Is that that happens before the watermelon yes. festival?
1: Yes, it does. We have a rodeo on Thursday and Friday night prior to the festival on Saturday. And then we have a parade on Friday afternoon. It starts at 5 o'clock. And, and we usually have a really good turnout as far as our parade is concerned a lot of people just kind of come they use the festival and praise kind of a coming home time a reunion time so there's usually you know a lot, a lot of people available there and it's hot it's really hot
0: it, well and then, that's and that's the thing about the watermelon festival i can't think of a better aside from having a water festival in august watermelon is i don't i can't think of a better way to quench my thirst i just a chocolate festival doesn't work in august Watermelon Festival, you're doing, you're right on the money.
1: And then the rodeo that we have on Thursday and and Friday night before, I mean, they, the Fricks, FNF Rodeo stock, Dwight Mm -hmm. and Donna Frick, they put on a great rodeo. We have Rodeo Queen, but they, you know, have added money like for the Bucking Bulls and the Bronx. There's a calf scramble, a mutton busting. So um, that's held every year um, at the Chisholm Trail Arena just off of Highway 81. But they, they do a great a great job as far as our rodeo is concerned. And we also do a Little Mr. and Miss Rush Springs Award every year, which is just a ton of fun. And they typically um, participate in promoting the Watermelon Festival along with the Watermelon Queen from year to year. And then they have responsibilities throughout the year as far as helping with little things at school and, again, just just you know having that little honor bestowed upon them that they are little Mr and Miss Rush Springs
0: so i got to ask you guys are having some contests i noticed they're having a a seed spinning contest what's the current rush springs uh seed distance champion do we know
1: taylor she just won her age division at Pauls Valley
0: i was going to ask if she if she did it
1: yeah, this was
2: actually my first ever time really? to spit a watermelon seed competitively, I guess you would say. <laughs> yeah. And it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, something new.
0: Well, it's part of being the queen. I, I, I need I to know how far Yeah. does a winning watermelon seed spit distance? Yeah, what's the, what, what's the win on that? How, do, how far do you have to go?
2: Well... I don't know if there's a set goal. There is a goal, which is to <laughs> be the farthest and to win. Right, right. Fuck that number. Uh. But I spit on Monday, nineteen feet.
0: Golly, I just don't yep. think I don't think my old lungs could do it. I don't think it would make <laughs> it past my chin. The only way I could have you could have lost is we could have sabotaged you with a seedless watermelon. <laughs> Basically. (laughs) Which we're gonna get I wanna get into that science lesson here shortly because I need to know where the heck a seedless watermelon comes from. It's black magic. But anyway, nineteen feet? That's huge. That's huge. I I can't even now I'm gonna go home and try
1: it. Our record in Rush Springs, we've had we have a tie for the record at the Rush Springs Watermelon Festival from two thousand six and two thousand eleven. And it's
0: fifty-two feet. Chimney? Is this off a building? It just doesn't seem. It just. This sounds like like something you have to plug into the matrix. So
1: do, do, golly. I, mean, I do good like three
0: or four feet. You
1: know. Oh I mean, yeah.
0: Like a, but yeah. Golly. So yeah. what's the prize? A whole just watermelon? T- I don't know. T-
1: title
0: the gold. The title, the bragging rights. I'll take. I'll bragging take bragging rights. rights. I'll take it.
1: Our last two years, in 2019 and then 2021, our winner has been a hometown boy. His name's Marty Bishop, and he has spit 38 feet. That sounds, so uh, have to work on it a little bit. To, a hometown
0: you know. boy sounds like he he's got the home field advantage. I don't know. This could be a I, I smell a rig. <laughs> I think it might be rigged a little. Like somebody's taking like a little air hose and like scooting his seat up a little bit or something. I don't know. It feels. Feels a little too lopsided to me, Mary. If I'm honest,
1: well, our record holders are actually from North Carolina. Oh, and one guy is from Binger, which you know they raise some watermelons in Binger mm-hmm. as well. So he's probably practiced up,
0: probably. But North Carolina people come from all over.
1: Uh huh. Yes, God we mean. do. We have people from all over the state. You know, different states, and then you know we've also had had people from uh, you know China, Australia, Canada. You know. It just That's on their bucket list, and here they come.
0: So I did notice another record out of Rush Springs for the largest watermelon, which to my understanding is from 2012 when the Miller family had a 214-pound watermelon. Is that real? That's right. Man, how many people does that feed? I don't know. Half well, of me? <laughs>
1: you know, here's the deal with those great big watermelons. Mm-hmm. They're, they typically don't taste just
0: really good. That's what I. That's why I was thinking that surely they're they're kind of bulk too, a little bit too bulky.
1: They're they're pretty bulky. It takes about three or four people to carry those things, and yeah. And a chainsaw
0: just... to cut it. <laughs> Gee whiz!
1: We also have a Grand Champion watermelon. We have a just a wonderful watermelon. Can, uh, can you tell the... us
0: about what? What is required for the Grand Champion Watermelon? Is that like taste? Is that what, is, what are the criteria for that?
1: They don't actually taste them, but we do have a really nice melon exhibit building named after you know a long-time community supporter, watermelon grower. He used to have a fruit stand south of town. But we have Black Diamond Watermelons. They're entered as singles. They're entered as a group. Uh, Orange meat melons, jubilee melons, roll sweets, all sweets, and then the largest watermelon. And then there's a seedless type variety as well that are judged. And we actually have, you know, a judge that knows what he's doing as far as, you know, judging a watermelon. But they don't actually cut them. They're just judged on their size, their shape, their coloring, just making sure that they don't have any sunburn you know, any bad spots on them and um, you know, they can tell if they're ripe or not, if they're just right, overripe, underripe. So that's how you become the grand champion watermelon. And then there are class winners in all of those varieties that I named off.
0: I, I have a follow up question. I'm sorry, Brett. I have a follow up oh, question. This is important question. Does the the person that judges the watermelons, does he have an understudy because I don't think, I, I like watermelons, and oh, i have yeah. eaten a lot of yeah, watermelons. Yeah. I don't think I could have even told you those criteria for judging a watermelon. So I think it's important that I judge, judge we have, have backup judges. Yeah, taste is the only thing I judge it on.
1: Hey, I'm telling you, <laughs> if that's all it was judged on, I got it. That's not a problem. I
0: feel like seedless watermelons, again, there's something of a, the world. I don't, I haven't done the research but uh, I just I don't believe in them. I, I eat them. I'll eat them, but I don't believe in them. I'm not as I'm not as big a supporter of the seedless one.
1: Well, they're they're just a hybrid.
0: Uh, <laughs> nice try, Mary. I still don't know.
1: <laughs> and we do auction off those prize melons at three thirty. So that way, you know, the people that brought in those prize melons, you know, get a little more money in their pocket mm-hmm. because they keep seventy percent. Of of what is uh, brought in, and then thirty percent goes to the Lions Club.
0: So, Mary, just uh, give us an idea historically in the past. What does a prize melon sell for? I'm not saying you know, like I know it's an auction, so I know it'll fluctuate. But you get what you pay for. What What are we talking here is for for a prize melon?
1: Usually, our grand champion melon sells anywhere from five hundred to a thousand dollars. Good mm.
0: lord, that's some tasty melon. That's a lot of. That's uh, that's five. That's five gallons of gas. <laughs> in my ta- In my Tahoe, I'm, I'm going to have to get a ride. I'll have to get a ride to the festival just to be able to pay for the <laughs> for the five hundred dollar melon. Yeah. I, I'm going to do it. Yeah,
1: but you know, typically five hundred dollars is probably the yeah. lowest that we've had in several years. Last year, we just had a phenomenal year as far as our auction was concerned. We just had some really good supporters there, you know, and it's, it's just so nice that, that we do kind of, you know, rake in that for our growers, you know, and as this year, everything is more expensive to grow, oh, yeah. to drive, to eat,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, everything. So that, that support is just really appreciated.
0: Well, you know, and I think a lot of that, there was such a surge. After the, the floodgates kind of opened back up and everything kind of began, began to be public again. And that, right. especially in this part of the country, it's fest. Summertime is fest. I mean, you, you can't swing a bat without hitting a, a peanut festival or some, you know what I mean? Some type of a, a gathering. And, and much like you, you're not the only community that that relies a lot on the watermelon festival or stuff like that. Or it. stuff right. just and like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, like I so, said, Taylor has. She hit the ground running from the, from the evening that she was crowned as far as just hitting these, you know, these local festivals and all of the local events to support the watermelon, the watermelon festival. And, you know, many times they just reciprocate that re- support back, which is great. But, you know, the watermelon festival, it's a family event. That's, um, you know, there's no admission to get in. It's free to park. We have shuttles that run up and, up and down the streets all day long. Um, transporting people that, you know, we take free will donations, but there's no charge. So, you know, it's actually an opportunity that you can actually take your family without spending a lot of money. Yeah. Now, you know, it takes a little while to get here sometimes for some people, but um, we do our best to get people situated and and make it as convenient as possible and, you know, and and have a good time.
0: Well, we're just down the road from you, so we are definitely, we'll be back this year. Oh, yeah, we're going to be there for sure.
1: All right. Okay.
0: And, and apparently, uh, we'll be meeting one of our old friends, Mr. Matt Pinnell. He's, oh yeah, he's oh, he's a, a friend very of the good. show. Yeah, one. yeah. Mention one. our mention our name when uh, you're getting the crown put on. <laughs> just tell tell them them that you. only an OK show sent you. Just yell it out okay. into the crowd.
1: <laughs> well, that's going to happen um, around noon on okay. Saturday. So,
0: well, when you're just... thanking your parents, you know, God first, oh, family <laughs> second, and only an OK show somewhere in that that holy trinity somewhere top it's
2: yeah. top all right
0: noted i love it thank you taylor i keep forgetting we have royalty on on the line with us today taylor how <laughs> yes. does i need to know the process not that i'm going to there's they're not going to change the rules but i'm not going to become the the brush springs king how did <laughs> how does one become is it did you have to spit a watermelon seed and win? To get the crown. How does one become the watermelon queen?
2: Well, I really wish it was that easy, but um, (laughs) there's a lot of work that goes into running to be watermelon queen. And this year there were four candidates, including myself, and we campaigned throughout our town by putting up posters and that kind of thing. And then we sold tickets so that you could come to our queen night and then um, once people bought their tickets and came to our queen night, they had an opportunity to vote and to see us as we said our speeches and, um, did a little question, questionnaire about just us, a little bit about ourselves. And then at the end of the night, when we were done doing those things, they got to vote, popular vote. And then your 2022 watermelon queen is crowned.
0: So is it every year? I don't, again, I'm, I wasn't popular enough to be part of any voting besides whether or not to expel or just to spend. Do so every year. It you you give up the crown every year, or how does that? How does it work? How long is your tenure? I guess
2: I will have my crown until May.
0: Wow! So you got to travel, and while you're doing this, you I saw somewhere that you kind of travel everywhere, North Texas and all all parts Southwest. Is it true?
2: Yeah. So like, I'll go to a lot of other festivals and other parades and things around oklahoma just promoting the watermelon festival and getting my town's name out there and then once august is up i won't go to any more festivals throughout the year but i'll still have my crown
0: so you really you're giving up your summer wow like i didn't i didn't really think about it until you you said it like that but you're basically from may until august that's your your that's whole it. summer break and you're you're traveling around promoting the festival during that whole time that's that's awesome of you that's really uh, given back to the community
2: yeah thank you yeah it's like it's such a good opportunity though and it's so like it's a blessing to be able to share what my town's about to other people because it's just like it's hard to describe unless you live here mm-hmm. but these people like this town is home mm-hmm. to everyone and so like getting to describe that and let people come for one day to experience what we have is. So, worth my summer,
0: <laughs> so Taylor, let me ask you this i, I talk to a lot of I talk to a lot of young people when you're not doing the watermelon queen thing what I know you're a senior or you're going to be or you are or were what is your plan what give me your five year plan what are you looking to do?
2: um so my five year plan I am going to be a senior this next year, so awesome. I'm graduate high school and then I plan to go to college and get my teaching degree. And I want to serve in my church and I want to become a teacher and just really like fulfill the purpose that God has for my life and whatever that takes me in whatever town. That's what I want to do.
0: Well, I tell people a lot of times it's, you know, they talk about the journey and the destination. A lot of times that the journey may, may change. The destination may change, but as long as you have a, a clear path as to what you might want to do, what you want to do, it's the sky's the limit. I mean, I, and it sounds like you've got a, a great head on your shoulders, even though it's got a, a crown made of watermelon on it. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, Thank you. <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown, right?
2: <laughs> okay, so I know you talked about how like my summer basically is on hold, and I would mm-hmm. completely agree with that. I think something else that's really important that I don't think gets um, highlighted a lot sure. is about just like the kids in this community. Also, like all of my classmates, probably. It's seven thirty eight, probably around right now, are loading their trucks and going out to just every field in Rush Springs just to load up and pick melons. Oh wow. And that's hard work. And I think that's something that's really cool just about my town is like they're giving up their nights where they could be driving around, hanging out with friends, to pick watermelon for a festival. That's awesome. And so I just think it's super important like to see how much art my community comes together and just helps each other. And not just adults, but kids also, and it's just like really
0: well and amazing. I think I think young people and I 'll be honest with you, I think especially in this this generation it gets a gets a bad rap about young people not wanting to do uh, do and be a part of, and kind of just hanging out and running around doing nonsense and uh just what you said there is exactly what we need to do as a all communities as as a culture there's this huge divide between the the old folks and the young folks, and I, and I really like that you, uh, you're out, you know, beating beating the bushes, and all the and all your friends are doing it too. I mean, I think it's great.
2: Yes, that's a very good point.
0: So one last thing: if I'm buying a watermelon in the wild, what am wild. I looking for
2: <laughs> in the wild?
0: <laughs> well, if I'm not, if I okay, if I'm buying it from the the big box guys, if I if I'm at Walmart and I'm like, hey, look, it's watermelons; they're three three dollars a piece. What am I looking for? What's the best watermelon?
2: First of all, if you're in Walmart. I know it.
0: I know. I,
2: yeah. We'll just
0: going it. It was nice talking to you. We'll just. Uh, yeah. We'll
2: just, exactly.
0: <laughs> what if I don't have a choice? I'm just. Uh, what am I looking for? Am I looking for well, a nice yellow spot on the bottom? What?
1: Well, yes and no. Okay. But mostly it's sound for sound. me. Oh,
0: the thump, thump 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 sound.
1: The sound. I'm, I'm a thumper. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of okay. that. Just, just kind of just dead. Guck, yeah. you know
0: double sound it's kind of like yeah I'm gonna keep this sound so I can go. what did she say again duh, d- d- d-. okay, that's a good one, Mary said that was a good one
1: just just not a hollow ringing,
0: sound. oh gotcha, all right
1: yeah, not hollow
0: all right well let me let me ask you this mary what I know a lot of people know where this is, how to figure out what's going where where can people go where is the The, the clearinghouse for all the, all watermelon festival information. That way people kind of can figure out exactly what they, what they're doing.
1: We have a Facebook page. It's called the Rush Springs Watermelon Festival. It's just filled with all kinds of information. We are actually finalizing the kind of schedule of events. So that will be updated next week. So you can ask questions on there. We get back to you pretty promptly. And if we don't know, we try to find out.
0: Awesome possum. Well, it sounds good. Uh, Looking forward to to being out there and probably not going to get into 10k because I'll be waterlogged with watermelon. But uh, (laughs) yeah, thanks again for coming on. Honestly,
1: you're welcome. Thanks for, you know, thanks for contacting us. It's great. We appreciate the publicity and um, we just look forward to meeting you guys.
0: Well, coming up after the break, we've got huge, I mean huge, like 15,000 pounds of news out of Tulsa. Stick around. So you mentioned my Redbone Taco Mm T-shirt that I'm wearing. Yeah, it's cool shirt. And I will emphasize again that it is a great idea. It's a great idea. I don't know if black is a great idea right now. Well, all of my T-shirts are black. (laughs) I know. I've (laughs) noticed I'm going, I could probably wear a pink shirt right now. It's almost too dang hot outside. But I think it's it's important to point out that Kelly over at Redbone Indian Tacos Mm -hmm. She not only got me to buy a billboard for her company, but yeah. she gets me to wear it on the regular. So I'm walking around advertising Redbone Indian Tacos damn near weekly. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to wear a t-shirt for something. I'm not going to advertise something I wouldn't I wouldn't eat. Absolutely not. I don't wear ironic t-shirts. No. All of my t-shirts are very specific. If you see me wearing a t-shirt for something, I like that thing. Okay, I'll, I'm guilty. I've worn an ironic t-shirt, or at least I thought it was. I I don't know why I did this. was 2013, three, something. I wore a shirt that said trophy wife on it. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> I don't know. I've been married twice. I haven't been a trophy wife, either one. But if you're looking to upgrade your image, if you don't want to be ironic, if you want to be on message, get with Ronnie Davenport at Tailboard Apparel. Ronnie is a firefighter and a screen printer. Yes, full time. Full-time on both. Yes. And uh, he does great work. Can help you refresh your logo if you need it, but more importantly, can crank out some awesome-looking shirts for you, Mm -hmm. some little mini billboards that you can give to your customers or have your customers buy, like Kelly over at Redbone Indian Tacos. Right. I have 200 mini billboards in my closet right now. Absolutely. So call Ronnie for a free quote today, 405-517-2174. Or catch him on the web at TellBoardApparel.com. So, Brett, you have teased enough. Yeah. uh, What news, mm -hmm. what huge news story do you have? Huge. Coming out of Tulsa. Okay. Tulsa Zoo made a huge announcement. Get ready. They've got a new project. It's beginning construction on the Oxley family elephant experience and elephant preserve. Right now, the zoo has three Asian elephants. They're building the herd right now Booper, Sneezy, and Snooky. So they're looking to build a herd here, the largest herd of Asian elephants, not in Oklahoma, but in the nation. That's cool. Looking at it, this news story, they are talking about having a 13-acre mm-hmm. exhibit for the for the elephants. That is massive, dude. I don't know how big regular mm. elephant exhibits are. Well, yeah. but they don't look like thirteen acres; they look like thirteen square feet. Well, and I teased in the beginning, and we talked about it before the show. A grown elephant weighs in upwards of fifteen thousand pounds. That, they've got to have a huge area to house like these these elephants in. They're building a thirty-six thousand square foot barn, dude. That is huge. That's huge. It's like the size of a mansion. But Isn't more it? importantly, I think this is huge for for this is huge for tourism in Oklahoma yeah. mm-hmm. again. I feel like you have a lot of people that love elephants, and if you get to go, if you get to pick between the zoo Mm -hmm. in say Texas or Arkansas that has a hundred and fifty square foot elephant exhibit, right, where the elephants have to stand on each other, Mm -hmm. or you get to drive a couple hours to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and get to go to one of the largest elephant exhibits in the country, right? Where are you going? You're going probably. You're gonna be living on Tulsa time. You're, you're living on Tulsa time now, and this is nothing to cast any shade against the OKC Zoo. They've got their they've got a really nice Asian elephant uh, experience, and uh, I, I've been to it a few times. But I think if you're if you're headed to the northeastern part of the state, it's definitely going to be worth a stop through. And it's it's coming quick. We're talking like twenty twenty four. No, that's really fast, and I'm super pumped on them. I've always. I've always had a fondness for the Tulsa Zoo. Yeah. It's a little more intimate Mm -hmm. than most zoos, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, Everything just seems closer. I feel like at the Tulsa Zoo, if I fall over the fence, my mortality rate drops significantly. Other zoos, I fall into a ditch. The animal has to figure out where I'm at. Then come get me here, I'm like... You're right there. You you, fall right into the ditch. This is the... If from the frying, frying pan into the fire, if it was a... At a zoo type experience, I'm, my chances are a lot more likely I'm going to come up in close and personal with something that's going to kill me. You're ridiculous. I mean, I'm just saying, for my bang for my buck, I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Don't you know that? No, I don't know that. <laughs> I know that you cried when we went kayaking. <laughs> I did. But there was water in my face. You couldn't tell what was what. But <laughs> definitely something to look forward to. 2024, we've got an Asian Asian elephant exhibit. Stranger Things season five is gonna be I mean it's what a great year for for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you decide to make it out to the Asian elephant exhibit mm-hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 2024, you need to be sure yes to tell them that you heard about it first on the Only an Okay show. And tell that's Snooki. the reason that you're there. Tell Snooky. The elephants want to hear it. They want to hear. When you're feeding them peanuts, tell them about The Only and OK Show. Absolutely. Well, this has been The Only and OK Show. I am Harley. And I'm Brett. And we're out of here. Peace. Bigfoot scaring up tourism dollars for Oklahoma. Absolutely, Ron- Ronnie is a fire. Ronnie is a, fire fri- a fire
1: No, it's, great. it's
0: okay. Fine. Perfect. Yeah. So you send
1: our text to PO Box five nine
2: seven.
0: We were going to ask a sa- the same thing, uh, but I, I have a feeling we're going to get get paid in watermelon, uh, which is fine, which is completely fine because apparently I buy mine at Walmart and I do- I don't deserve a good watermelon. You do not.
1: And, Which is actually named, it's called the Makadoo Exhibit. Ex- <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're leaving Exhibit. it in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that a recent news story? Five days ago. We're in Honeybee? Broken bow. Shut that door, man. I told you I got misophonia. Little noises irritate me. I get irritated. I begin to get irritated by the south. I've come just being with you again. Because of visions. Where'd you get a red bone shirt at? Did I get you one? You Redbone. Today's show brought to you by Redbone Indian Tacos. What would be the... Redbone Indian Tacos. So good Sasquatch ain't them. Check.
2: <clears throat>
0: so I saw this video. I don't I can't remember it. It's a you talked about Bigfoot. And the title of the video is uh Bigfoot Scream Caught on Tape or whatever. So anyway I fast forward I'm like, okay, blah 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 'cause they're walking to the place and I get to the part and it's like no joke. <coughs> they're like, Did you hear that? Yeah. I did too. That wasn't no siren, was it? That was a damn siren, dude. <laughs> it was plain as day. Maybe it's because I grew up in a neighborhood where there's sirens all the time, but it was legitimately like I'm like, no. It's not a Bigfoot. This is not evidence. This is why we can't have anything nice. There's nothing compelling. Uh, over the course of since we've talked about, when we used to talk about Bigfoot for a living, basically, I've come to the understanding that maybe, if it's like anything else. If it exists to you, then it's real. Okay. Like, it's, I don't mean to categorically put it in, in like the same, the same menagerie as Santa Claus or fairies or things like that. Obviously, Santa Claus, you can take or leave, but. I just think a lot of it is people are so invested that there's nothing that can change their mind. Like the, the, like the scream. It was clearly a siren. Mm-hmm. It was a siren. When we're done here, I'll play the video for you. But it it was a siren. Okay. Just saying. It was a siren. So a siren. True. Yeah, but dude, when we went to Hunabee, I don't know. I can't tell you. It, ain't no, it wasn't an it, elk. It, it was two seconds. After we crossed into, got proper that you heard Bigfoot. Did you not hear the same noise I heard? I heard the same noise as you, but it could have been. But here's the other thing: could have been somebody out there in the woods trying to do calls, or it could have been a silverback gorilla. I no skunk ape. Skunk ape. Let's get it right. That looks a lot like a silverback gorilla, but it's a skunk ape. Okay, you ready for my? <sighs> You're gonna. You're probably going to eviscerate this one. All right, go. My theory on Vecna. Obviously, yes, Vecna is a character in D- in Dungeons & Dragons, right? He's an actual character. I did that research, but he's only represented... He's like a, a one-eyed creature or entity. It's nothing like Vecna in Stranger Things. Okay. I'm going to go deep dive. I think Vecna represents mental health. Uh, okay. Not everyone is affected by him. Each person that's had an experience... Has a secret or a or an uh, an issue with themselves or society? Mm-hmm. I think that's what he to me that's what he represents. Okay, that's it. I what? I know it's a dumb theory, but I no. I just I don't. Um, you don't put that much stock in it. Yeah, I don't know that I give it that much credence. I don't think they did. Um, what? I just want to say, uh, say while something. we're recording, say something that I like your pop's video. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. I really want to get into more of the videos, like the better quality videos. I can't figure out how to make the text. Like if you type too much, it just compresses and I don't have, I don't know that there's a way to make it any bigger. So I think what I'm gonna do in the in the future is I'm only gonna use the text lines for brief kind of like I did with the um who made the the sculpture mm-hmm. thing. And then just in my head, because I was kind of going, we were headed somewhere else, make the video a little bit longer, and then add those factoids in, in audio. Mm -hmm. Uh, That way they're still in there, but. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I thought it was cool. All right. You ready uh, to kick this big? I mean, as ready as I'm, uh, (coughs) sorry. As ready as I'm,
1: (coughs) yeah, 100% ready.
0: (coughs) like, dude, you've got sleep apnea and you're wide awake. We're not going to get far. Yes, I am ready. Welcome to the show. Let me do that. Just go right in. Pull what's left of your hair out on Sunday. Yeah, bad. Three, two, one. And welcome to the show. Today we're discussing the Water Merlin. Water Merlin. Water Merlin. I've got these these D&D characters in my head now. I'm a Water Merlin. I, just, I have 20, what is it? Uh, 20, I don't know, 20 points confidence. What is it? What are some of the cheesy attributes? Charisma? Charisma. (laughs) Constitution? What were you thinking about? I was thinking charisma. Okay. (laughs) I have 20 femininity. What? No, you're 100% femininity. You're toxic. I'm the toxic masculinity man. Can't keep that in there. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) That may go at the front of the show. (laughs) Uh, I've never been accused of toxic masculinity. Uh, Not with this beard. I have been accused of tossed masculinity. Tossed? Speaking of tossed. No, we're not going to talk about it. Three, two, one. And welcome to the show. Today we're discussing the watermelon festival in, in, in rerun springs. Okay. Just, I don't want to do discussing. We're going to talk about. Which is fine. I don't care how you say it. Yeah. But I did leave in the spidey senses tingling. That's not appropriate. It's from the different news story. Yes, that's and I just copied and pasted. I've already it. got it. I've okay. already had one in my head. Because I was like, that's from the Devon Tower episode. Three, two, one. And welcome to the show. Today we're talking about the watermelon festival in Rush Springs, Oklahoma, and also, there is a white elephant in the room, and we're going to talk about that, too. Don't get big of doom, in Tulsa, we've got a white elephant in the room in Tulsa. Damn! Ready? Three, two, one.